Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I have Chris who we met on Clubhouse and we didn't we didn't physically meet. <laughs> if you guys don't know what Clubhouse is, it's it's a social audio app where I mean, if you're not on it, you really need to get on it because there's some inspiring incredible people, but I think the first time I heard Chris was in Breakfast with Champions and he kind of shared his story and his journey and I'm so excited to have you and I'm going to kind of pass the mic so you can give a little intro and we'll go from there. Awesome. Hey, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Grateful for the uh, airtime. My name is Chris True. I am a comedian from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I use the art form to help people become more charismatic, confident communicators. So yeah, some of my students are people who are pursuing careers in comedy, and I've helped many people do that. But a lot of my clients, too, are are non-performers who are looking for an edge in communication because it'll help them with their public speaking. It'll help them make the sale, or maybe a company will bring me in for some team building exercises. So pretty much my thing is everyone should learn improv comedy, even if you don't think of yourself as a comedian. And uh, I just seen it change uh, so many lives. I love it. It's such a joyful thing to do. And I, I'm so happy that people like taking improv classes because I love teaching them. I love that. I love that. And kind of like what, um, like what made you start it? Were you kind of just like thrown into it? Like, I really love this or kind of what, what, what kind of inspired you? To yeah. Start well, when I was first coming up in comedy, you know, there wasn't a lot of options here in new Orleans. And so you had to leave. So the, the old joke here in new Orleans uh, was, you know, if you, and I'm 40, so this was like in the 2003 mm-hmm. area, you know, just out of college, um, there was a lot of options. You know, if you got, if you wanted to pursue comedy, you had to leave. And so uh, and that's pretty true. Well, back in the day, that was true of most, most scenes. Like you have to leave this city to go to one of the big ones because no one who was good stuck around here to help others get good. So I just saw something uh, pretty early on where I was like, man, it would be cool if people didn't have to leave New Orleans because I love New Orleans. If you're from New Orleans, you love New Orleans. And most of the time, <laughs> and, and I just didn't, I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do here. So, uh, so I, I did have my eye on, on like starting a scene or at least doing my part to establish, you know, um, an education system for learning comedy and establishing shows for people to practice. And so it was in the back of my mind early on when I was starting to do comedy, but it wasn't until a few years in where I started taking, teaching others seriously. I love that. And who is kind of your inspiration in the, in the comedy field? Man, my inspiration is it's, it's always people who, who were like genre busters mm-hmm. kind of, you know, people who, it, who it seemed like 
they had a really strange idea and they didn't know that they couldn't do it <laughs> or that they weren't supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think back to like Syphil and Ollie, it was like a weird sock puppet late night MTV show. And it was like, you're not so, like, who told these guys they can do this? And, uh, and it's like, no one did. And um, I, I, stuff like that, I think has always been really inspiring. I really love, I, I love weird stuff like that. I, I'll, I always really love it when people um, just follow their, follow whatever makes them happy, whether it's, you know, a lot of comics who don't move from their hometown, who, who stay close to it and they still get successful. I like people like that. I like these sketch comedy shows that don't look like the other sketch comedy shows. So yeah. You were, were you, did I read this right? That you, were you on comedy central or like there was something that you did with comedy central, right? Yeah, I shot a pilot for Comedy Central. Um, it was a, it was a while ago, and I've and I've been featured on some of their sketch comedy shows. They ran a program for a while called Adam TV, where sketch comedy groups were able to submit stuff, and if you won a contest, they aired it on the show. So I was on Comedy Central from that. Um, shot a pilot called The House That Drips Blood on Alex. It was an old. It was like a, a faux um, horror movie. Um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, I, I've had a couple of appearances with, with different stuff like that. We shot a pilot for a, one of my comedy shows for MTV, um, shot a whole season of it. It unfortunately never aired, but we but we shot it. So that was cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I find that, that your avenue of work. So like, it's so interesting because it, it's it's work. <laughs> like, it's not it's not easy. It's a journey. It's work. And um I guess my next question is like for those people that want to get into what you're doing, could you give some tips on that? Oh, absolutely. So if you're, you mean specifically wanting to get involved in the comedy world? Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the first thing you should do is, is start showing up at the comedy shows wherever you live. And if there's only one, go to that one, be there every week. If you work that day, Try and get your schedule changed to, so that you can be there every time. Um, and you know, if you want to get in, you want to start performing, you have to sign up for some open mics. You have to you have to register for an improv class. And a number one piece of advice I would give is no one open mic or no one class can ever serve as like like whatever happens there can't be something that makes you decide to quit. Like it has mm-hmm. to be. It has to, you have to think long-term. You have to be like, I'm doing five open mics and then I'm going to reconsider. You can't do one because if you have a bad time, you'll feel really bad about yourself and then you'll run very far away from it. Same thing is true for taking an improv class or a comedy writing class. You have to commit to it. And then, you know, so I would take those classes. I would start showing up at the shows wherever, wherever you live and um, figure out what your perspective is. Yes, that's the number one thing. Like, it, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to figure out what is your perspective on the world, which is why it's difficult for a lot of people who are really young to get really good at it because you don't know you don't know as much as you think you know yet. You know, so it's um, give yourself time to develop a perspective and have fun. Like you have to you have to have fun while you're doing it. Can't be a, you know it's it's really difficult to be a bad person and succeed and. Um, in any art form, especially one as public as comedy, where you are often putting yourself out there, you know, and everyone can see. 
I kind of, yeah, no, I'm glad that you said that because I kind of want to get into that too. Like, was there a moment within your career where you were like, I don't want to do this anymore? Like, I'm sh- like, there, there was this like big struggle. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's, um, my, my poison has always been trying to do, trying to do too much mm-hmm. and then feeling like I didn't f- fill one cup up enough to like, to, to lean on that, you know, but, but, but I also look back at the times that I was, when I was doing too many things, I look back on them fondly because for a while I thought I was pulling it off, but you know, but I, I, of course I've always wondered, well, what if I wasn't trying to do this thing that was not going anywhere? And I put all that, all that energy into this thing, but nothing ever made me feel like I'm out, I'm out, I'm done. You know, I think I, I think I, um, you know, I grew up a really big, sports fan still am. And I think, you know, I'm a sucker for every sort of rags or riches story or like, or like stories of grit and just never, never stopping and just being relentless and, you know, just trying to, trying to pull from that as much as possible when comedy gets hard, when you're, you know, when you decide that, you know, okay, I'm not going to do any of these festivals unless they pay me. And then it's like, okay, now you're not going to do any festivals for a year or two (laughs) because they were used to, they were used to you doing them for free or you paying to submit. So now you don't have any. So like, of course there's times like that where it's like, okay, how do I, how do I maneuver around this? But they're all, they're all logical, necessary steps to figuring out who you are. So unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I don't have a, a, like, this is the time answer to that question. But I love that because I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I know a lot of people in, in the, comedic industry that that have those struggles and and it's and because it is such a public forum that like it's blessed in in you know the news on social media and all yeah well I think one of the something that is um not unique to just me but I but I I think I think sort of unique is that I've never really um you know I've always lived in New Orleans Mm -hmm. and I also lived in Austin for a while I never I never showed up in LA or New York or Chicago and, and had to put myself out there in, in those worlds in a way that was like where someone was telling me yes or no. I think a lot of comedians, you know, they, and I get it, by the way, this, I'm not throwing shade at this at all, but a lot of people, they, if they don't have, they don't have like producer blood in them. If they're like, if they don't like want to do it themselves mm-hmm. or if they had their sights set really high on something specific, like, you want to be on Saturday Night Live, like cool. You need to you need to get to one of those big hubs ASAP and just start and just start going through the ringer in those places, you know, because it won't happen staying in you know staying in Nashville or staying in Memphis. You know, you have to you have to go out there. So when you do that, you now you open yourself up to all kinds of you know rejection. Mm-hmm. So I think that is when a lot of people consider. What am I doing? I'm working a job I hate because because it let, they let me go to the mics at night, and I've had and I haven't enjoyed myself the past five open mics I went to. What am I doing with myself? Mm. That doesn't really happen. Um, I, th- I think it happens more often in those big big cities because because um, the nature of the beast there. I love that answer, and I and we we lost like a couple of really incredible comedians like uh, Bob Saget and Norm, Norm McDonald, did they have any kind of influences for you? Oh yeah. Well, 
I, I love Norm Macdonald. I love Norm Macdonald. Just um, another example of someone who was who was pretty relentlessly himself. And even even when it's like, wait, you're not supposed to be able to do those things only because most people don't. But it's like I love I love stuff like that. I love his I love his delivery and his approach. Uh, his weekend update stuff on Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live, obviously. I mean, every, it, it was really funny is I, I consider that to be so weird and so interesting, but many people agree with me, even people who don't study comedy at all. So, we, we, so that makes him like even more special where it's like, because people who are like in the industry or who study it or who are just like comedy nerds, they all think like, like, well, no, he's special because he's doing this really interesting thing. But what's crazy is people who don't study comedy also see it, which that, yeah. you know, that's just, it's like that equals greatness to me. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. And so let's talk so, about your program that you do your cor- um, and your coaching and all that stuff. Cause I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I, so I've been teaching improv classes in person and sometimes companies will bring me in and I'll do big team building events, but a couple of years ago, well, really for the past seven or eight years, I have, I have like, un- I, I didn't know it, but I was doing, I was offering, like I was doing personal development coaching for a lot of these comedians. I was helping them come up with plans to get this big project finished, or I was doing the right, you know, I was motivating them in times of need. And I was just mentoring a lot of people, but it was just, it was just like on the side, it was just, it was just happening because the position that I was in for the theater I was running. And that's just, that's just the way it happened. And when I, I realized a few years ago that, man, I can, if I, if I, if I get really specific with how I'm doing this, coming up with like signature systems, and if I learn more about what it's like to be a formal coach, and maybe I can combine all these things that I'm good at and that I really enjoy into something. So, um, so yeah, so it's called Team Hell Yes. It's named after, I used to run a, um, a comedy festival called Hell Yes Fest. And, and so this is called Team Hell Yes. And what we do is we use improv exercises to uh, help people become sharper communicators. Uh, but but it's, like, it's like we're learning comedy, but it's not, I would not say it's a, it's a comedy workshop because uh, we are actively discussing like, why are we doing this? And how is it going to help us in our real life? My clients right now, like most of them will probably never touch a comedy stage, even though I believe they probably could if they wanted to. But it's like there's an essential oils um, uh, uh, a coach in my class. There is a, a personal chef. There is like a college student who is just like, this sounds like fun. There is someone who works for the library in New York. There is <clears throat> there's a voice coach from Canada. I mean, all these people, none of whom are like pursuing comedy. We get together every single week and we do improv together. We talk about why we're doing it. We talk about how it's helping us in our life. And it's, it's a ton of fun. It's, um, it feels like the, um, it feels like, like I am successfully smushing together all the things that I'm good at yeah. into a thing. And I say smush, not in a way that's like, yeah, that's like like a days ago. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's like, wow, this is all the things that I love to do that I think I'm really good at. So I, I love it. It's so much fun. And I'm, I'm so happy that people are into it. I love, and I love that it's like, it's, it's actually like having that person really be ready to kind of be out there in the world too, and ha- be a better communicator. Cause I, you know, we, I, I know like 
a lot of people think that improv is strictly comedy, is like strictly for comedians. But the way you're teaching it, I think it's really, really interesting. And I'm, and it's, and I'm glad that other people that are in other, you know, avenues of of jobs, they're they're look, they're interested in it. Now, is this like, is it just in person or is it virtual too that other people can do it? It's virtual. So, oh, so Teen Hall, yes, okay. is virtual. Okay. So. That program specifically is virtual. We meet every Tuesday nights, and it's it's almost full filled up, which is great. So I'm going to open up another another session of it, but um, but I include one on one calls on it too. So people sign up. We meet every Tuesday, and then we meet one on one once a month or more if you want to. Um, yeah. So it's it's and it works. It works virtually. I was. I, which I, you probably could hear the glee in my voice about that because I was very skeptical for a, for a, a little bit there. I was like, "Oh no, well, well, something, oh no!" Well, something like that you would want to do person like one on one, but yeah. But you know what I learned? You know what I learned is a lot of people who want to take these classes, who know, who, who see the progress that they could make from it. For them, doing it in person, doing it virtually is eliminating some of the nerves because they don't have to leave their house. They don't have to get on a stage. They don't have to physically walk into a comedy venue because they're going to get in their head and think like, I'm not supposed to be here, but turning on a zoom call and then being greeted in a warm, open way with, and with other people who you can see it benefit. I mean, something about doing it on zoom is, is, is the secret for a lot of these people. Cause I, I taught a lot of these classes for companies where, you know, I'll go into a room and there'll be 25 people in the company and they're like, we want to learn how to brainstorm better or whatever. I can already see looking around the room, like half of them are, are desperately hoping I don't call on them. (laughs) You know, they're so nervous. They're just like, they're like, please don't call on me. And they're not even like really. And are their their videos off or are they on? No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying in person. Oh, oh in person. Okay, okay. I'm saying that's what happens okay. in person. Mm-hmm. But, but when we're on a video, it's so much easier for me to look at their, I'm seeing the big grid of people mm-hmm. and I'm like, Mary, Mary, can you unmute? And Mary may be a little reluctant, but she unmutes and she's right there and she jumps in and she, and she surprises herself. So it's, it's doing it virtually is actually a benefit to, a, uh, for a lot of people. And I've, Ridden that wave in a really big way. I was a few months late to it in 2020, um, but once I started doing it, I was like, "Oh, this this could be really good." And so then I just had to adjust the exercises I was doing. I had to adjust how you know what my thing was as a teacher. But at the core of it, it's still me. It's still this thing that I love, and it's still this thing I know can help people. So it all it all works out. And I love the fact that it's virtual too. So there's so, like all over the world can can reach out to you and, and connect with you. And, and is this on your, is the link like in your social media at all? Yeah. So what I do right now is I, I ask people to just contact me directly, okay. like send me a DM on Instagram. I usually get on a call with people and be like, I, I want to make sure too, that it's the right fit. Um, and if I can't help you, then I try and direct you to somebody who can, um, you know, if, if like my structure and my style isn't great, then I, but you still are interested in improv or, or a creative coach, I would love to re- make a recommendation or some people. Some people just are, um, you know, and I'm not fighting with them. I'm not judging, but some people are just like, I don't want to do it on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, uh, you live in Seattle. I live in New Orleans. So let me make it, let's get in the call. Let me see if I can still help you out. Cause I know some people who teach improv in Seattle. I know some coaches in Seattle. Let's make this happen. 
So yeah, so if anyone's interested, then send me an email, um, go at hellyescreative.com. Send me a DM. It's my full name on any social media app, Chris True. And yeah, you just go from there. So I'll put everything uh, in the show notes so that they can definitely reach out to you. Um, but a couple of my last questions. Um, one is if you ever wrote a book, what would the title of your book be? Oh, I've got dazzling news for you. I've written some books. Okay. I and you know what's so funny? I I obviously don't think of myself as a writer first because I didn't tell you that I wrote some books before before we got on the call. And also the first question you asked me, I'm laughing at myself because I should have mentioned my book there because the last book I wrote is called How to Build a Comedy Scene from Scratch. Okay. And it's for people who live somewhere where there's not a lot of comedy shows. And it's like, how do you start one? How do you how do you create an open mic? How do you start an improv jam wherever you live? And how do you, and if there is only one of those things, how do you get involved in that? So, um, so I would say, that, well, so my answer, well, I, I can still answer the question for another book, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I wrote a book, <laughs> I wrote a book called, about improv too, called Improv Wins. Um, it served as a text, as a textbook for a comedy theater I used to run here in New Orleans. Um, but Okay. New book. If I'm writing a new book, what would it be called? Like about um, you, like about your life, your, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. How about, well, you know what? I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to do a, this is an insane idea, but hear me out. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to um, go on a book tour okay. for a book, for a book that was written on that tour. So it's like, it's like, it's like, and it, it's like hits all 50 states. So maybe it's like, it's like you do the same thing in all 50 states. So it's like, maybe I'm teaching an improv class in right. all 50 states and I'm doing like, uh, and so I write about what was it like te- teaching improv in Alaska, in Hawaii, in Iowa. And, um, and so I'm writing the book as I'm, as, as I'm, yeah. as I'm doing it. And then, and then you go backwards and with the finished product and you hit them all and you do all the same things again with the actual finished product. No, but I love that. It's a little wild. It's a little wild, but I love that. I, I think you should do that for sure. Okay. (laughs) I think that would be epic, epic, epic. And then my last question for you is what legacy do you want to leave? Yeah. Okay. I got this. I, would love to be the person who successfully rebranded improv. Mm. Meaning that people think of taking improv classes as a way of, um, of personal development mm-hmm. in ter- as opposed to um, only funny people take these classes. So you said it, you said it yourself earlier when you I were did. like, you're like people, people consider it a comedy class. So it's like, well, if we could figure out a new word for it or, or just, or, or if, if enough people knew that improv wasn't exclusively for, for performing comedy, I would be really stoked to, to have played a role in that. And not as someone who, I mean, I also actively am performing and producing comedy. Like I still what I do almost every night of the week. I'm at the comedy club doing something here, you know? So this is not me like, like pivoting away from comedy, but I have just learned that, um, that improv as an art form can, 
can do so much more than just make people laugh. It can also give someone um, a whole new set of communication skills, a whole new look on confidence. And, um, and those people might never set foot on a comedy stage, but improv, improv can make a huge difference in their life. I want that to like sit for a second <laughs> because that that's epic. And like, I think that you're, you're, you're already making those moves and I would, yeah, I would definitely brainstorm on, a, on, a, on trying to figure out another title, but at the same time, that's what people, that's, that's what people are like, know it as improv, but at the same time, you're making this whole different avenue for it. And I mean, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And what I love most about like having these conversations with the people that I have is uh, you guys, everybody that I've spoken to, they're just move shakers. They, they work with what they have, but yet they pivot, they, they, and they run with it. So I just love that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, it's, it's been a ton of fun talking to you and I appreciate getting to you know, some of the, some of the answers I've had to your questions was me working something out over here. So I feel grateful for the time to, to explore that. And something just hit me too. It's like, I I think almost just saying rebranding improv might be, there might be enough. Cause it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like, oh, and it's like, I know what improv is. What do you mean by rebranding it? As opposed to trying to come up with a whole new word and then pushing that word. It's like, no, it's still improv, but think of it like this. That might, that might be the answer actually. Yeah, that that I I like I love that idea. Rebranding improv. We may have just come up with this on this show. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. I love that. I love that. But please share your social handles one more time so that um my listeners can reach out to you if they want to. Yeah, I would love for you to reach out to me, even if you're just a little bit curious. Let's get on a call. Let's talk about it. Um, my my social handles on everything is my first and last name, Chris True. My last name is spelled T-R-E-W. T-R, so Chris True. Um, Instagram is great. Facebook is fine. Twitter works as well. And my email address is go at hellyescreative.com. Perfect. Perfect. I really, truly appreciate you, Chris, who's taking the time to sit with me and chat. And I, if you guys love this episode, please tag the two of us and we'll share it on our socials. We'll show you back some love, but I'm excited to see what, what your journey is because you're just an incredible human. You really are. I am so, yeah, I'm, I'm glowing. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for having me. This was a ton of fun. I really appreciate you. Of course. And we'll talk soon. Yes.